All right, it's Zillaraka here, Call Out Culture Podcast. While we were uh, recording this newest episode, we forgot to mention the new single coming from the new album from Grift Company. That's me. That's Curly Castro. The album's called Too Many Secrets. The first single is called Company Dro. Not Company Flow. Company Dro, featuring Open Mike Eagle, produced by Dose4GW. You can download this joint at wreckingcrew.bandcamp.com. If you fuck with Call Out Culture, Wrecking Crew, you'll like it. All right, peace. Enjoy the single. I set my ritual on stun for war. About to partake in the greenest of choices. This sour diesel I cop from dice clay. Side effects include cough, lungs, and loss of voice. I'm Curly Castro, of course I roll thick. Smoke out of funnels like the horn of plenty. The vials hollow at the end of the session. About to hit this train wreck, cause I'm running on them. Yeah, yeah. I keep her where she can't reach me Cause she don't know how to go easy Zero to sixty And so daytime puffin' is risky She'd have me on the couch Stuck listening to pixies Don't fuck with us though Not even once though Cause I'm a one woman man If you must know She's in the see-through fit In the front row Public hair's green collar Queen of the jungle No go for that run of the mill Sense a mill, grass for those Jack and Jill's. They hit the crop with those stupid haze drops, trying to fool the people by upgrading the smell. Hell, like we can't tell when the plant's not nuclear. They try to scheme, it's the streets regime. So cease and desist on my open air vibe and those colored bags that camouflage the green. Yo, company, yo, the fire burns slow. We had to catch up on summer reading, summer binge watching, summer drinking, summer vacationing. We had summer... to catch up on our shablah. Castro's ad libs got very strong this summer. He was working on it with like his jump shot. Mm-hmm. He was in the gym all day. Shablah. gym. 6 a.m. working on the ad libs. You know who was there? You, you know who was there working on breath control with me? Benson. Razel. Razel the Godfather Razzle. of Noise Razzle. and Scratch. Godfather and, of um, scratch. and Scratch, the Root Scratch. You know who wasn't there? Yo. You know who wasn't there? Talib Kweli. EPMD Scratch? Oh. Talib Kweli. Oh, you're mad. Um, yeah, we, 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 we've we kept up our policy of insulting Talib Kweli in every episode. Every episode. Uh, Once. <laughs> uh, maybe like three episodes in a row. Maybe just three. Um, yeah, so my name is Zilla Rock. I'm in South Philly. I got Curly Castro in West Philly. Um, Alaska, he, he's in the highly rich, woke areas of Brooklyn. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, 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 and the alleyways of Brownstone. I mean, I mean, like the Russian area of Brooklyn. There's nothing woke yeah. about this area. The Russian Bangladeshi area. How, how, many, how many fingers were chopped off today in your neighborhood? Give oh, at least six. And, and then there and was Alaska's like nine ice rinks. Na- in Alaska's neighborhood, <laughs> the sidewalks tax you. 
Okay, next time. <laughs> yeah. Watch where you're walking, asshole. Yeah. There's more cigarette have, uh... smokers in my neighborhood than anywhere else in the United States. There you of go. course. Except for like... I, actually, I just saw a shitload of cigarette smokers at the Borgata in Atlantic City. You can, you can oh, smoke wow. cigarettes inside the casino. It's like oh, yeah, there's, there's, a lot of smoke. Oh, there's a lot of smoking inside the casino. That's why people yeah, like no, no vape, like shit. actual, not not like actual cigarettes. Yeah, 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 like, yeah. Because like they want you to stay. They don't want yeah. you to go outside and oh, stand yeah. by the doorway. Yeah, stay right nah, there. Nah, nah, nah. No You're problem. Them joints. And then we got we got a crazy special, special guest, guest, man. Crazy this special is, guest. Uh, this 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 guy, man. This this is great for us to have on here. We got we got the good homie, the very talented, the prolific, the, the Damon Stoudemire Trailblazer, the Isaiah Ryder Trailblazer. The, the Bryant Reeves, you know, with all due respect, the Bryant Reeves of, <laughs> nah, of DJing nah, in nah, a cat. I'll take Isaiah. Nah, scratch that. Isaiah Ryder. No, the Mike. I'll take Isaiah Ryder. Uh, you'll take Isaiah. Oh, wait, <laughs> wait, wait. wait. We got one for you. The Michael Dickerson. And it's Rash. Oh, that was my man. Oh, that was my <laughs> man, Michael Dickerson. Wildcats, Arizona Wildcats. He was, he yes. was nice. Yes, yeah. Not, not, not in the league. Not in the league. Not in the league. But right before. Yeah, that was my man. Number 34. Oh, man. I we have DJ Chong Wizard. Yeah. Oh, oh, wait. We can we, we we have to shout out the greatest Vancouver Grizzly of all time, Blue Edwards. Greg Edwards. Well, no, Blue Edwards. Yeah, Blue Blue, Blue Edwards. Edwards. Blue Edwards. No, and actually, it's um, it's Sharif. It's Jason Williams, isn't it? Oh, it is Sharif. Oh, it yeah, salute Sharif. It's Sharif. Salute. Salute. Wait, how, how many guys refused to play for them? It was Antonio Daniels. No, it was Steve really Francis. wait. Antonio Steve, Fran- Steve Francis. Steve was Francis. The guy that really really ruined us. Because after that, everyone was like, oh, Steve Francis doesn't want to play for them. Uh, neither do I. Right. Oh, well, Antonio Daniels, he played for them. He, he went, I think, an expansion draft. He yeah, bounced, he, though, he was, like, after like a year. Didn't he? Didn't but he Antonio was like, Daniels he, come and go? They didn't draft him. They didn't draft him. I thought he they did. Like, he was like the no, top three, four pick. Yeah, but like, he, he had a no, he ended up route. in San Antonio. Yeah, he, did, but he, yeah. he had some weird route. Like, he was Indiana might have drafted him or something. Didn't they also have Cherokee Parks? No, yes. I think he was on Dallas. Uh, was no, on Charity Dallas. Parks was on Vancouver, son, with the headband. No, he yeah, I think he did a little yeah. stint there. Yes, he was. I yes. thought he was on Dallas. Tony Masson. Tony oh, Masson was the, uh, the he was former sixer. He was the drug dealer. On he was one? Like, yeah, yeah, he was like the weed man. And uh, I don't know. Like, yeah, there's like supposedly there's some whole conspiracy where like David Stern wanted to shut down the Grizzlies because there was way too many players coming up here like getting fucked up and like hitting up strip clubs and hook and whorehouses and doing drugs and shit. like the players. Yeah, like because it's like the wait, wait, because the weed was crazy. Weed, the weed laws was lax back like, there. Oh shit! Oh yeah! That's why they let back over Z because of the weed. I told you, oh, man. Sh- that's amazing. That's incredible. I wow, you guys were ahead of times, man. man. You guys were ahead of times. Memphis, my ass. Yeah. I, yo, shout out to Memphis. I got, I got engaged there. I, I got to see you the did. arena. I loved it there. But, but yo, no, Vancouver, um, that, that was, I did that not, was I did not factor that in. I thought it was a attendance thing or some weirdo shit. I didn't well, know what the fuck like was well, they took away the Grizzlies and the Supersonics, so we don't got nobody up here. I can't even drive to Seattle oh. for a game. You know, I'm not going to Portland for a game. That's a, that's a long drive. What, um, y'all that's... don't have a baseball team? Wasn't there a baseball team? No. Nope. No. We got, baseball. we got hockey. There are okay, no baseball no. teams no, above I, San Francisco. I was thinking Montreal, yeah. my bad. Oh, no, there's no Seattle. 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 Oh, right. Seattle. 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 We lost in game set. Game seven, Canucks lose at home to Boston, like in Vancouver. That was mm. that was just, oh oh fucking Boston. At home. Oh yeah, that was. That hurt. Be, oh, we had a two, we had a two no, we had a two nothing lead in that series too. Won the first two games of that series. It was that was heartbreak. Oh, I, I felt, brother. I felt that. I'm a Nick fan in the nineties. <laughs> I felt that two that two zero lead. No oh. mean shit, yo. Yo yo, oh, real man. quick. I'm, I'm I'm gonna make a confession. Yes. I want to make a confession. I just thought of this, and this is before we get into our actual show. I went when I first came across Chong Wizard shit when he he did the American Iron Man joint where he flipped the um the Jay Z American Gangster with the Ghostface samples. Mm-hmm. Like that was how I first came across homie, right, bro? I I thought you were Asian. <laughs> no, nope. you were Asian. You say Chong nope. Wizard. I was like, oh, he's Asian. No, because no, you're, you're named because... from like yeah, good. 
well, he called me Chong because I was just I was the master with the bongs. Like I hit the jo- most the biggest bong Because when I came here, when I came to Vancouver, all my homies they didn't know how to smoke um, bongs properly because I came from like a small weedhead town in BC, and um, I just put them oh. up on game on on like the single tokes where you take the whole like the whole bowl in one yeah, toke, yeah. like mm, leaving no signs. You know what I mean with the. So I, I dropped the whole science on him like way back in 2001 and shit. So from then on, get the fuck out of here. It was Chong Wizard. You're a fucking Vanguard. So play. Yeah, that, that's, a, that's good. That's good bomb knowledge by you. It was a play. It was a play on words though with the Cheech and Chong and the Cheech Wizard. You yeah, know Cheech mean? and Chong. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I, I, I put that no. together like like probably 10 years later. I was like, oh, it's like Cheech Wizard, but it's Chong. <laughs> Chong. But at first I just thought, oh, like Chong Wizard. He's Asian. No, I flipped, I flipped the logo. My original logo was, was basically the, the Cheech Wizard character, but it had a bong coming out of his little hood. Uh, uh, I, I think I saw that on, on the on the Iron Man or something. I feel like I've seen that on the artwork on one of their joints, the Tribe joint or something. Yeah. Yeah, so Sean Wizard is a guest with us on Co-op Culture. He and I have an album, project, EP, mixtape, whatever the fuck you want to call them. We have a whole episode about that. Right it's there. called Midnight Suns, and Castro's on there. Alaska's on there. Billy Woods is on there. Lord Juco. We're lining up maybe a couple other special guests. We'll see if, uh, you know, we'll see if what the name's available. Yeah, yeah. Uh, drag on. We can get drag on. Tack a verse on right <laughs> quick. Throw him, throw him on a joint. I thought you were going to get you know the, cur- the guy Curry from um, Bad Boys for Life. What's his name? Oh, Mark Curry? Mark Curry. Yeah, Mark Curry. Yes. Wait, it, I thought that was Mr. Cooper. No, you know, no, Mr. no. Mr. Cooper, no, Mark Curry? No. No, that's also Mark Curry. That's also Mark Curry. That is Mark Curry. <laughs> that's also Mark yeah, Curry. Yeah, yo. So we, 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 went, we went to – people on, on podcasts always refer to Twitter as – they'll be like, we went to the Twitter machine. I don't mm-hmm. know why they say that. They call it the Twitter machine. Not like, yo, I was on fucking Twitter. Um, so we went to Twitter and said, yo, weird. yo, give us a, any topics anybody want to see us cover. So we got a lot of dope responses, and I screamed <laughs> around them. Um, but tonight, and this while we brought Chong Wizard on, as a very prolific gentleman who just dropped another project, Big Turks, available now with Rome Streets and Jamal Gasol and Lord Juco. Lord Juco, um, produced by Road Data. Yeah, he's yo hell yeah. Um, yes, sir. So the homie, not forgotten, not forgotten. He's he's the homie right there. He said, "I'd like to hear a discussion on the difficulties of completing an album." And the tips learned over to over the years to make it easier. So here we are. We got three Wait, rappers. We got DJ slash producer. No, the homie that? not forgotten. Gotcha. At not forgotten rap. He's wow. the homie right there. Right. Big big kind of supporter. I love that dude. So who wants to jump in first? What what are why why has it been maybe easy difficult to complete albums for all of us at some point in our lives? Because I feel like it's gotten easier now. But I mean, I'll kick it off. Not so much. I'll kick it off. Um, so basically, there's a general consensus um, that creators all know that you can edit forever. Nothing is really done. Yeah. Like, you know, you can keep on changing things. You can always improve something. I mean, fully, you can you can constantly tinker at things. But there has to be a point where you personally know um, this is done. And it's not when 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 an album is done, it's not just you knowing that it's the people that's working with you on the record. They all know this consensus like we're done. You know what I mean? Um, sometimes things will be done not to your satisfaction. Sometimes things will um, s- supremely surprise you. You can't believe it. But I think it's just uh, uh, it's it's the perfectionism of a creative MCs in particular that makes it difficult to be like, yo, this is done. Um, there could be so many mitigating factors. You could be waiting on a feature um, or just for the layman's out there. Um, and this is we're, we're giving you we, we're going to just put up the sign. Get your project mixed and mastered as professionally as you can. That constitutes a project being done. I know a lot of times people just mix it on computers and stuff these days, but to us in the professional arena, once it gets mixed, then it gets mastered, then that's your final product. Um, and then you can move from there. Still doesn't mean it's done. Um, I'm sorry I'm talking in circles, but sometimes there's levels. Like you might have all the vocals done and you wait on the artwork. Um, it's just like a dance. Um, it's just like planning any event. You want everything to be there when it's supposed when it's showtime, and then you um go from there. I hope I wasn't being too existential for my answer. Well, here here's once I want to throw at that because you talked about you know the perfectionism side. Yes, and I think I think what's changed 
in rap at least in the last like three years and you guys could chime in if you if you recognize it or disagree i feel like with the whole flood the market with a lot of shit i feel like that has loosened the reins of people like there's still some artists that have like the magnum opus you're waiting for or like they only drop like every three four years but i feel like that's becoming more of like a specialized thing and everyone else can put out singles eps projects albums whatever like pretty quickly and so i think like that mindset has changed from being like i only get one shot every three to five years to make a statement and be seen Versus, like, I can be seen every three to six months if I want to. Well, that's the legitimization of the underground and and, and indie. Let's not use underground indie. Right. Um, Sorry. Can I break down the science on that? Let me let me break down the science. So nowadays, a lot of these underground rappers, they've only got so many fans, right? Because like, it's not like back in the day um, where you were you selling like tons of products. So you have to drop as many albums as you can to sell to those. 30 fans like these guys that's why a lot of the guys are just doing tapes because you can do the short runs of tapes they'll pop off the, mm-hmm. the, the 30 copies to their fans then a month later you know they might do 10 projects in a year because they're just trying to keep selling to those same fans and i mean mm-hmm. it's, I didn't think about it I like mean, that it's not equal gonna, to numbers it's not gonna get you it's not gonna get you anywhere but like it's like people trying to keep up because um they're not like a lot of guys, if you're big enough, you can tour and you can sell big numbers. But most of these underground guys, they don't have enough fans in each city to tour. Right. Like, right. Even even big guys, even the big popular underground rappers right now don't have enough fans to do a world tour. They have to just hit the big cities like New York and L.A. Really like that's Right. Mm-hmm. That's the regional where you ones. Maybe Chicago. So mm-hmm. a lot of guys Ooh. just re- they got to keep putting out product. You know what I mean? Like products like whether it's the album like every month or like five albums a year or like West Side Gun has gotten to the point now where he's putting out t-shirts every fucking week, t-shirts on yeah. every single week. You know what he I mean? Like it's getting ridiculous. Now, yeah. He did just, just Friday, last Friday. And then I just saw him announced today, this Friday. So it's like, it's, it's trying to capitalize content. When you got that fan base, guys want to And they do numbers. They do numbers. Oh, now, yeah. see, they're, they, they're, they they're, they're a little they more do. in between. They do numbers. Like, so, um, oh, exactly. a drop for them. And they've like, got yeah. it down. But let, let's like, be for, honest, though, about Griselda, like 30,000 fans? Well, here's the thing. It's 30,000 um, 30, fans. That's a, lot. That's a lot. But right. check this out. 10,000 collectors, though. Like they turn their stuff into collectors, not just like the limited run, but just like everybody wanting to have as much of their collection as they can because of the amount of product. Well, they got twenty things. I got, I got fifteen. It's like a game now, you know. Like some of the but not, but not all, but not all thousands of them people are copping all of that shit. No, 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 no. But but the small number keep doing it. The small number keep buying every shirt, pair of shorts, hoodie. Yeah, every color variation. High end margin. Not like I have one of this because I'm a I'm I'm a I'm a Griselda uh, consumer, and like Mm -hmm. I'm just you know I just I just get it to accentuate pieces in my um, rap wardrobe. But some cats they like I want all them. I want all the colors of of a T-shirt, which I thought was was um this brilliant marketing. Like I know it's look we all do merch. So it's hard to sell even individual items, but to sell multiple colors of a T-shirt, not just for the variety or the aesthetic, just like I want all the colors, uh, you know, that's right. That's 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 that's, that's heavy crazy. duty. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, Alaska, what do you think, bro? Because you you've you've seen a lot of this shit. Oh change. yeah. I've, I've kind of lost the thread of the conversation. Where about about like the like the if 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 you've noticed any changes or your experience with how long it takes to make um, music or finish something, you know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, I, I still find that it takes it takes a real long time for me to finish stuff, um, longer than I wanted to, but not as long as it used to take. Like when we were on jokes, it used to take a lot longer to finish stuff, but that was mostly because we'd be touring so much. Mm-hmm. Um, we'd be on the road like two hundred days a year. So, um, would y'all still would y'all have deadlines? But, for, um, did y'all have deadlines? No, jokes never had deadlines really. Um, okay. You know, it was sort of do it as you do it, um, but. The the thing that was frustrating was always trying to get that one last song. Like that was always the thing that held us up because every mm. every like huge hit you ever hear, it's like, oh, it's the last song we put on the record. 
Yeah, they say that. You yep. know, you always hear that story about this is this is the last. It was the last song we recorded. We threw it on at the very end, and it ended up it's making gr- millions. Yeah. So there was always that like idea that there's one more was thrown out there. around. At least back then, like you gotta like do that one more track because that might be the one that puts you over the top. So there was always chasing that. But I find now the thing that, at least in my process, is when I start a project. I have a lot of creative energy. Like I can knock out like four songs real quick and they're usually the best songs on the record. (laughs) Yeah. Then then you have to fight through that middle period where you've run out of the inspiration and you're Mm -hmm. making songs that aren't your best songs. You got to be like confident enough to just power through until you come out on the other side. That middle period though, it's it's dichotomous because it's it's also the hidden gift because that middle period sometimes turns into you stepping away from the project. And then coming back with fresh yes. eyes, mm, and that yes. that yeah, that yeah. that's not constant in my process, Z. But you've noticed that comes up sometimes. Like I'll step off, yes, from a project and come back with newer eyes, new ears. You know what I mean? And then um, then you know, like Alaska saying, then trudge forward, continue. Alaska, one to say. I mean, I've I've pretty much gone through all of these stages on our project, Z, where it's like mm-hmm. you know started with like five quick songs, like bang, like yep. in two weeks, I was like, damn, we got a fucking dope EP. Then right. um, you know slogging through the next like six months to make like three songs that two of them ended up getting scrapped then you know another creative burst then chasing one or two songs that i think like i have to do this song because this is the beat but even though it doesn't serve the project to finally now that i'm like yeah this is just done like i keep trying oh, well, to put something else on there uh, it's done you, so um, you brought up a pretty good, interesting Williams. curve i wanted to ask everybody um when when does it occur that you're working on something and it's seeming like an EP um, for the layman's? That's mm-hmm. an extended player, which is a little shorter, and then it turns into an LP. Um, is that begrudging? Is that like a creative um, burst? When have y'all seen that happen? Have you have any? Do any of y'all have any personal projects that was started as an EP and turned into an LP? Um, once more, you know, more creativity was added, or another batch of beats, or something like that. I. I find that like I usually am working on like two or three projects at the same time mm-hmm. and it's like two or three EPs and the one that is the best usually gets the best songs from the other ones. Like I end up canceling out those other two, uh, taking the few other best songs and making it a full length record. The you know, the, the other one is, is suffering. <laughs> What's that? The, the Insabanur method. That's yeah. uh, Apocalypse. The, the strongest survive. The strongest songs survive. Well, with the basically with me, with me and Zilla's project right now, um, one of the things that's been difficult is I really wanted to have like production wise, have it a, a sound like a real like, like it's got to all feel like it's part of the same project. And for me, like I make a lot of different kind of beats and it's hard for me to stick into that one zone. So it's been hard because we got a couple more tracks. We want to do about two, one or two more tracks for the album. And I'm just like trying to get that sound that fits into the vibe right because it's like it's a very thematic project right so it's we don't want to just slap on a song that sounds out of out of place right it just wouldn't fit so stuff like that like when you start getting more more in depth on like the conceptual side or even just the vibe having that vibe it's, it's you know what i mean stuff well let's talk about that concept records versus um <clears throat> I guess, I guess the um, uh, standard records, let's call them. But wait, wait, I'm, I'm, I want to throw in something real quick. I want to throw in something real quick with that because because I'm involved with, like I'm involved with albums with Alaska and Chong and then me and Castro. New Griff Company album, Too New Many Griff Secrets. Coming really soon. Just finished that yesterday. Pre-order will be dropping um, soon. We'll be dropping that. Um, yeah, I, I think the whole uh, knowing what is done, like, I think we've all experienced this at some point, and and definitely with Chong because you're 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 often like waiting for other people to send in verses or do whatever. Um, and that's always like, and even waiting for anybody's feature just takes a long time in general. But I think it's like my process has been in the past. It was okay. Everything has to be perfect. So like, I need to have the perfect snare, the perfect punchline, the mm. perfect hook, and all that. And I remember like early, early on, my mom was like, yo, you keep waiting for things to be perfect. They never get done. Yeah. So like, you're going to have to like be chilling with things being like 70 to 90% what you want. And mm-hmm. then this way you could have it. 
So a lot of our friends over the years, like, I don't know if this happened with you guys. Like, there's like a stretch where I was just dealing with a lot of like very anxious, paranoid artists that were like five years into an album. And it's like, this isn't like Axl Rose. This ain't like Chinese democracy. They're everywhere. Five year wait. Or Dr. Dre Detox. Right. It was like, yo, this is my second album, or this is my yeah. first beat when, album. When when and my these MC dudes and, would all be nervous. But when my MC and jumped to a actual Omega mutant level that it is now, is when I let go of that muse shit. Like that whole I need a muse, like cause my thing was I always say this to myself, if Jay-Z wanted me to meet him in the studio today, I have to go there and come up with something. I can't say, Oh, let me get the beat, I'll be back. No, Jadakiss will be there later tonight. You see what I'm saying? So I, I let go right. of that whole muse because yeah. I have those moments. I'm waiting for a creative angel to fall upon me. But sometimes you got to you got to be automatic with it. You know what I'm saying? So you got to push yourself through those you know, waiting for a creative yes. Godiva to, to land on your shoulder. That's not going to happen. <laughs> and I'm right. not going to say and, and waiting for that. It's like, yo, that's how two years go by, three years go by, four years go by. And then you're just stuck in your head all day. And so for some reason, I was dealing with. A lot of artists like that, and naturally, if I'm the remainder, that means I was like that. But hey, oh, rap time is reversed. I was still pumping out records, ladies and gentlemen. Right, rap but I was time. still pumping out EPs and single and all that. Wait, rap, rap. I want to tell the audience, rap time is in reverse. You think you have a lot of time, you think you're being swift, and three years have gone by. Real talk. Yep. Like, <laughs> and and the project is still in stasis. That happens. Yeah. Yep. So like the Sorry, only thing is now it's like it's like yo just the more you just work and shit it's like like me and Small Pro we got we got a career crooks album done it's finished it's like fourteen joints everybody's everybody on this call with the exception of Chong is like on the record you know and doing some shit and then Smalls is like he said something fascinating where he was like yo I think we should still keep making songs like the album yep. is the album but let's just keep doing shit. Because we, we, we already got something good, but maybe if we just keep making like two, three songs whenever, I'll still do post-production, but maybe them two, three songs are the ones that are like, yo, actually, this pushes out two or three songs that from last year oh. that don't hold up anymore, whatever. May and I interject? So, May I interject in terms of that? So um, so me and Primrock are working on a, um, a project. We have a group we call Shrapnel, and we did an LP. It's coming out on Backwoods next year. So knowing that schedule... So this is where scheduling comes in into play, folks. So we knew we knew that schedule. We knew it would be a tight pinch to try to get out this year. So we push it to next year. So that's a lot of time in between. And I'm still a thriving solo artist or whatever. So um, me and Prem said, yo, let's do an EP. The EP wasn't in the initial plan. And when you do something out of order like that, you wonder if you're going to put the horse before the, you know, the um, carriage before the horse. Meaning, is the EP going to sound out of place because the LP was done first? You know, we had to deal with that. But um, actually, that that's not the case. The, e, the LP is produced by mainly one cat with um, beats by what additional beats by Willie Green. So, so you know, not talking secret or whatever. Elusive did all the beats and Willie Green did some beats. But the EP is different. So I wondered, you know, what I'm saying, would that make us jump the gun? But no, it was necessary to give people an introduction. We're a new group. You know what I'm saying? So sometimes you come to find out that other materials are needed within the process even when the album is done so like with y'all career crooks now this now there's all this time to do all the auxiliary shit right it's sometimes you're scrambling to do within the rollout like sometimes you're doing it you know secrets out sometimes you you release a project and you're doing the videos and the promos and the commercials while it's out um people don't know that that's what that's what takes some time sometimes um but ideally you would want that stuff in your chamber locked and loaded so you can um you can you can direct the language in the um in the scheduling you know, to your benefit. Right. That's fucking cool. So let's do this. Let's take a quick break real quick to have, have some yeah. couple commercials, man. I just cracked open my second, um, two robbers, you don't have to orange mango, spike seltzer. This shit is slamming. I recommend this. Uh, I'm on my second blunt. I so, so something new I did y'all something new. I did. I rolled up my blunts first and have them ready instead of rolling them while we're talking and me muting the app over oh, and over again. Is, Alaska working at the fucking Cheers bar with Sam Malone dumping mm-hmm. that ice with Sam Malone. Wait, that wasn't. Oh, no, I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, that's 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 brother Win. Oh, I, I, got, I, I already made me. my second uh, drink. I put it on. Uh, I put it on. Because right, usually Alaska does does the does the speakeasy shit. 
clanging around. Yeah, you got a lot of clanging. Getting some so. water. Okay. No problem. No, 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 no need. But you know, hit the hit the mute if you if you're doing something that's clingy and clanging. There you go. Oh my god! Oh, no. <laughs> it's okay. This, I can I can I can deal with it in post. Don't worry about yeah, it. Yeah, we can do. All right, we're gonna take a quick break. We can deal with we're it in take post. Break. We'll be right back. All right. Here it is, Zilla Rocker, one third of the Call Out Culture Podcast, member of Wrecking Crew, Career Crooks, and all that. Check it. I got a couple things I want you to go check out right now. My new album, '96 Mentality," is available on CD and tape and digi, plus T-shirts, dad hats, trucker hats, baby sneakers, and all that. People to three dollar pistol.com. You could also check my last couple projects, Hard Boiled EP and Future Former Rapper album via POW recordings, all available at three dollar pistol.com. Go check them. Thanks for listening. Thanks for your support, guys. Peace. We're fucking back, man. Um, oh, real quick. Uh, so I, I was before we started recording, I was asking the gentleman what, what movie I should have in the background on mute. Because every week I have something in the background on mute while I'm watching, while recording in the basement by myself. And this this month I went with uh, uh this week I went with Aquaman. Um, this shit look this shit looks incredible. I don't need to hear any dialogue. You guys were right. I don't need to. Yeah, that movie's fucking sucked. Wow, yeah, you uh, are. We talked about coming it. in hot. Wow, you missed that part. Yeah, no. <laughs> I, went, I watched it on the train on the plane coming back from Germany. That shit was whack. <laughs> but I think that's why you think it was whack because you were on a plane, and sometimes that influences the movie. You should have been underwater. You so, were underwater. You I got, shut. If you just stop it, I, <laughs> I should have been on a um, boat. I have <laughs> been in um, sub. I personally <laughs> have on mute while we're recording and um, guesting, um, brother Sean Wizard. I'm watching Afro Samurai Resurrection. Okay. Ooh, nice. Yo, yo, what? Why is that the sequel or what? Yeah, so they came out with a second. So so the first one came out as a serial. It's like a movie, but it's like in six parts. And then they made another one. Um, all good. Same um, voice actors. Really, really quality stuff. The animation is a little different, you could tell. But it's still it's still quality. Yeah, I'm still wondering. Uh, I'm, still, I'm still wondering why Willem Dafoe is in fucking Aquaman. Like, Willem Dafoe? Come on, bro. He's, he's in Boondock Saints. Dancing and Yeah, that was like 20 years ago. Remember that movie? They were like, "Oh my God, an FBI agent could be gay." Remember that? That was like the whole. Oh yeah, <laughs> that was the real feminine. Yeah, we, we really but that was rush. it. He was just—he was just a feminine. He didn't do anything. He didn't have a boyfriend or anything in the movies. He did. Movies in both yeah, of them, he had right? like jump offs. He did he had like jump offs and shit. Yeah. Oh shit! I forgot. Yeah, yeah he right. did. Yeah, that was but crazy. the second right. one was wild. So I never like, seen that. I can't handle that. I'm oh good. wow! No, you should. I'm good. It's it's nah, a, it's, good. it's an it's a, it's an exercise. I'll put it like that. Second one is an exercise. I'm, I'm going with the boondock scene. All right, so anyway, let's get back on on the topics, man. All right, hold, What's up? hold on real quick. I'm watching old MF Doom videos. Ooh, nice. nice. Which one? The shit's are, uh, right now, it looks like it's Doomsday. Ooh, that is. They're a, awful. With the, awful. With the first which really might be the most low-budget shit the ever. The first mask? Yeah, it's got the first oh, mask. Oh, the first mask is boxy as shit. It's got two masks, actually. Yeah, mm. the, the ladies joint, my favorite ladies, is awful. It's a split Oof. screen. It's done awful. And then the question with Curious, that's awful, Oof. too. That was done, like, at a park. It was Ooh, a bad, that was yeah. That's a rough was rough. It was a rough. It probably cost about $10,000, too, back then. Yeah. No <laughs> way. 400 oh, yeah. Oh, nah. the, oh, oh yeah, there's it. probably a camera with a stand. Yeah, it probably yeah, yeah. That, 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 that probably took like three months to edit, too. That, that, you yeah. know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> On final edit, minus yeah. five, version yeah, minus with, five. Yeah, with like a like, razor and, and a freaking grease pen to edit that shit. So, right, final so edit BC before Christ. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, so we're, so we're, we're, we want, we want to, we want to grill Child Wizard about the executive producer role. About yes, knowing when an album is finished, when you're not the person like actually like sitting there slaving over the bars and the hooks, but you're the person overseeing it, like a you know DJ Khaled, another one. You know what I mean? So how's that? How's that? It's it's uh well, it's difficult. I mean, because you're dealing with so many different people, um, trying to get like all these different artists on tracks together, and then trying to make it actually sound good and then with my infinity stones this is even tougher because it's you're trying to it's a concept you're trying to get guys to stay on theme and then originally it was just going to be one long mixtape and i was like man like another mixtape this is going to be boring i gotta come up with something better and then came up with the infinity stones where i break each break it each down into an ep and when i did the first one it was just it was so dope um 
it didn't it didn't pop right away like it took about six months for people to catch on i really didn't even catch on until the second one but just the quality the the quality of music like every time i felt like i had to match that or at least come close or top it try you know what i mean mm -hmm. so mm -hmm. it's difficult you can't especially when you get the fans attention like that i don't want to be one of those guys that like okay they've, they've bought the first three now i can slack off on the last three and they'll just buy it because they have to have the whole series no like i'm trying to keep it a high level you know i'm trying to up the yes. any each one and it's it's tough and because, so, like, salute to you yo. they're very quality projects like oh, yeah. we, we know about and I Thank wanted you. to talk about that, like concept projects take a little longer than um, standard um, LPs, but we'll get into that. But yeah, continue, Sean. Yeah, and I mean, just the waiting on on some rappers, especially like with with mine, like you got to catch a lot of these guys before they get big, because once they get big, Schedule. they don't want to do shit for free or they're just too busy. They don't, yeah. you're doing a free verse for the homie doesn't become a priority. So then you're just waiting and waiting or even sometimes you pay dudes you're still waiting and waiting and fifth element of hip-hop waiting for death verses exactly and it's like i don't want to like i could put it out with a bunch of guys that nobody's heard of like but it's like sometimes you want a couple big names on the project just to add that little you know that the star power that that impact of name name recognition you know it's it's important you know what i mean so wiz are you cutting tracks are you like leaving stuff on an editing floor like a director would um are you giving the are you do you have the final say yeah i have the final say like um a lot of times i'll arrange the tracks myself like everyone will send in their verses i'll arrange the tracks um sometimes if it needs a scratch chorus i'll do a scratch chorus um and then you know a lot depends the first one like i was in the studio with my homie rodata Cause he's local and we would mix the tracks down but rodata's got a full job family kids so we can't be just like mixing and mastering every single song that i need him to do right so a lot of times i have to get my man dr mindbender out in chicago to do it he's a pro engineer he's really good at what he does but a lot of times you know i send this stuff to him and i'm not in the studio to like tell him like do this do that and he'll send it back and then i gotta be like no like change this and it's the it's the, the back and forth you know it takes time so especially when guys are doing favors or doing stuff for dirt cheap for you you know what i mean like it's like you're just it's tough because i don't have like a major label budget like i can't be paying like people what they want to be paid right like sometimes guys are doing favors so it's a waiting game right i gotta give you credit because i tried to hire um and shout them out not saying i tried to hire clog too I just didn't have him in my budget right now. So he came back with a price <laughs> and I was like, I can't do that right now, brother. I will get back to you. <laughs> a lot of those, a lot of those guys, you know what I mean? I, I found like, I was like, I want to invest in the, in the art yes. first and yes. foremost, because it's based on comic books. So it's like comic books. One of the main elements of comic books is the art. Yes. And the art also sells the project and grabs the people and, and like think of iconic albums like a lot of times the best albums classic albums have that iconic art right so it's like mm -hmm. i wanted i wanted to be able to for these to be something special and down the line be able to repress them so usually if an album's that classic you've got that classic album cover you're going to be able to repress it so if you spend a little bit of money up front and maybe you only break even or only make a little bit of money on the on the first pressing hopefully it's popular enough to repress and make money down the line. So that was kind of, it was an investment into, and at the time when I started them, it was more just like for the art of it, of like building this monument of like, what can I do? Like, let me just pour like my resources into this shit. You know what I mean? Like, and then at a certain point I was realizing like, you know, like I gotta, I gotta try to, you know, see if I can capitalize on this because it's, yes. it's a pretty amazing project. So, it's tough though. It's a tough balance of being like spending too much money on a project and not making anything right. So, but I'm not relying on this. I'm not relying on this shit to make a living. Like I got a full time job, so it is what it is. How did the um, Infinity Stone series inform your work on the um, Big Turk? 
I know you're not executive producer there, but um, it seems like, you know, come on your brand new label, Chong Wizard Records. Give me your money. Chong Wizard and, Records, uh, I, I, that's what I'm that's what I'm trying to transition into being able to make a living off the music and just putting out projects that I want to put out. Like that was the homies, like the homies, uh, Jordan commander. That's my, my homie. We've been doing this for like, we've been doing this for like 20 years, something like that. And Rodata has been, been our homies from that whole time too. Like we were all in rap crew 108 back in the day. And we used to do like underground rap way back early two thousands. They were doing it way before me. Like they used to, those guys used to like, Battle swollen members back oh, in the late shit. 90s. Swollen members, <laughs> wow, swollen members, like, wild child. I still have that CD. Prevail. What's the other guy? Wild <laughs> yeah, child and prevail. Prevail. Yeah. Oh, what's the yeah, third those, member? Those the unofficial third Mo- member. You Rob, know, Rob, 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 uh, Mocha only. Mocha only. Yeah, Mocha yeah. only. Yeah, Mocha only. Battle yeah. Axe. the third Rob member. Viking was was the producer. Was the producer. But yeah, my homies yeah. used to battle those guys, and when I moved up here, they were the first rap crew that showed me love and. And Jordan was also doing the hip hop magazine at the time. So I got down and I was doing thick magazine with him. So that big Turks was just all him kind of being like, all right, Chong's busy doing the uh, infinity stones. And we've really been wanting to, to build, want to build Rodata's album because Rodata is just a beast on the, on the beats and he's been doing it forever, but it was only for the crew. Like he wouldn't produce for anybody outside of our crew back then. But now that the crew's kind of all, moved on and not really rapping anymore we were like okay let's just get people on his beats and so jordan really had a concept and uh they made the album and they brought it to me because i'm the homie like they could have really gone with any label like there was actually a lot of labels like that really wanted to do it like bigger name labels so nice they went they went with they went with strong wizard records because i'm the homie and you just build those relationships you know what i mean they, they they wanted to keep the money in the family right so yeah sometimes it's important to keep it home we we're doing that we're wrecking crew now we's um we work with a we work with a number of labels and stuff but sometimes it's important just for stuff to come out on three dollar pistol come on a wrecking crew just to keep the um brand strong yeah and i feel if you really believe in your own product you put it out yourself you know what i mean if if you don't, then get another label, or if or if you got somebody throwing money at you and you got a project laying around, then yeah, it's all right to go with another label. But I'd rather just you know handle it myself. Ownership's important. Yeah, very fucking very. Well, so I mean, it improves the process, right? Oh yeah. Thank so to, to go back to the processes, then it's like it, you know we we we're all seasoned cats and and knowing and getting better and having like histories of, you know, the album that was, Oh my God, this is going to be the one that, that puts me over the top. And it's a dud. <laughs> and then the yeah. other one, you're like, yo, I was just making joints with my man. And then we had a good time. And that's the one people respond to. They're buying, they know, the words to Always. it. They rock with it. Right. So it's like, I guess the second part of from the homie not forgotten is like, how, how did it get easier? with these processes over time to like wrap up projects, get them out, share them. You know what I mean? Like, like what, oh. what did, what did we all figure out being like, man, that was a waste spending four and a half years for an album when this one took me eight months. Well, with me, it was um, a heavy dose of trial and error and maturity. Like get over your fucking self. Like that's how I learned to, to finish projects. You know what I'm saying? Like stop, you know, like we, we talked about earlier, stop waiting for this magical moment. Um, with me, I just needed, so I have some standards, some subconscious standards. I need one song on there to sound the way it sounds in my head. Now, y'all know I'm just the MC. So I, I sit in on my engineering sessions, but I don't engineer. Um, I sit in on my mastering sessions, but I don't master. So sometimes I'm at the, um, I'm at the behest of the other people I'm working with. But at the, a lot of times, a song will hit exactly how I envision it when I just heard the beat. So I have a song called um, Colored Water Fountain from my album Fidel. I dropped some years back. And um, I found a sample, but I'm not a producer. So I slid it to um, my man at the time and he produced the track. So then while we were making the track, there was still something kind of missing. And we had thrown our own little sound effects on it of uh, zero members clanking like uh, cutlery and silverware, that just wasn't it. So what ended up happening is um, Z took it and fucking um, 
produced it even further and put more shit in there and they added some uh overdubs and stuff and then when i heard it they didn't know but i shed a tear yo because that song sounded exactly how i envisioned it months and months prior to us even starting it so like um when that happened i was like all right i know i'm good with this record you know like when you have those moments of triumph when you figure out that big puzzle whatever that could be mm. that's also when a record is done not not to your detriment not when you you know you're hanging That's out. tough yep. too because like even even with Midnight Suns right now, the first song we got we're getting mixed right now. Like I've had to tell uh Doc the Mind Better, like, nah, like this part's not right, that part's not right. Cause problem was is me, I've been listening to the demo versions of the songs like a million times, which yep. is bad it's a bad idea. Mm, yeah. You get that sound stuck in your head and you're like, Okay, this is it's not gonna sound like that once it's all mixed and mastered not and at all. clean and bright. So I mean, it's it's my own fault, but that's that happens a lot of times. You get a certain vision of a song stuck in your head, and it can hold you back because you're trying to trying. It is part of making it perfect because in your mind you've already think that's the way the song's supposed to sound, and it's not done yet, right? Right. So, you're right. Stuff. Well, I, I, it's funny because I, I was going to mention something about that. Like I used to actually redo verses over and over and over again, trying to get this perfect take, and it was always chasing the energy. That I had the in the demo part. version, huh. <laughs> you know, and I, I wasn't happy with the demo version because there was like a syllable that was off, oh, right? And it was something right. that I would only notice, but it, it would it would irritate me endlessly, and it, it would cause me to just like give up on songs that were good songs because I was chasing this idea of perfect instead of you know going with good. Get over <laughs> yourself. You know, perfect's a detriment of good. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and that first take, that first take energy, that first recording. You can't re you can't recreate it. So like re-recording no. is this is horrible usually. You know what I mean? Like some well, guys once you get to it, like the most, fifth most can't. Yeah, once you get to the fifth sixth take, it's 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 a, it's a whole nother verse actually. It's taken on a Tupac whole nother said, take. Bro, uh, Tupac, that's why Tupac was man for living. Yeah. It was all first takes because he was like, "Yo, you should get it on a first. You can't you can't recapture that. You got to get it on the first take." Yeah, Blueprint. Like I'm Blueprint said the same thing. He said I was talking Print, and he said that if you don't get it in your first three takes, walk away. Because you're never going to get it the way you want it if you if you just keep doing it for hours on end. I have an addendum to that. So the way I work, um, and this is a new process for me, maybe in the last five years, I'll do the demo, but I'm looking for a certain character. You know, y'all know I do little voices and stuff like that. So um, the demo might be one way just to mechanically get it out so I can hear it on the beat. Then I will go in, in my mind, say, okay, when I go to spit it for real, I'm going to do this to this part, this to that part. So then that's my first like legit take and i'm even when i say get over myself i'm even learning now all right world can know to allow punching because i'm writing stuff that's very difficult to do especially with this new project with um smalls the beat signatures and the time signatures are out of control so sometimes i gotta cut, give myself a break and come back in and i'm always a chat you could ask z i'm a i want it on one take i'm a traditionalist mm -hmm. you can't do it in mm -hmm. one take um you got to figure it out take a syllable out to uh, learn some breath control here I do a lot of editing based on the one take philosophy. Oh yeah. So I have to let some of that go because you you know you could it, it, it's like you know sculpting you could be shaving a piece of wood and and by trying to be too perfect you took too much off so now mm. you got to change that whole shoulder piece you know what I'm saying and so um and Z me and Z have also embraced Z more so than I'm following him is um allowing the mistake. I keep I all that shit. Uh, uh, I heard a song me and Zilla just did and it's coming out um with a highly prolific band. And he said, cash, yo, instead of cash, girl. Dude, I, I <laughs> so, make man mistakes. I keep all that shit. Cash, Joe. You just start. Why did you, well, now, why did you take, why did you start doing that? All right. So, well, sometimes the magic is in the mistake. Yeah. The, yeah. Yo, the, the best yeah. shit, the best shit, like, yo, like, like the, the Beatles, there's mistakes on all them albums, especially like Sgt. Pepper moving forward. Mad mistakes in that record. Then when you get to like, yeah. The era we always love and talk about, Ghostface, mad mistakes. He mispronounces yeah, words. Then when yeah. you get to like, yo, I, I and 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 Alaska hates this man, but so be it. I'm, I'm, I love him. I don't give a Frenchman's fuck. Action Bronson, bro. Them blue chips mixtapes. He makes oh, yeah. so many mistakes, and that's the charm because he starts a verse and is like, nah, I don't like that, and he's like, then he just starts talking shit and he starts it over again. While the beats, like the first song on the first mixtape, Pouches of Tuna, with Rock Marcy, he does like two takes. Yeah, 
He's yeah. like doing. He's like, no, nah, I don't like that. And he just keeps going. He's talking shit, and he starts it again. Or like, what's the other one? It's called like nine twenty four twelve. Like he did, he recorded on September. He like fucks up the ending of all his verses and starts laughing, and just keeps doing it. And like, you never heard somebody keep all of those mistakes on on a, even a mixtape. But that's the charm of it. Even what like if- the new, even the new Freddie Gibbs bandana, who'll be like, oh, my phone's ringing. What if you're, what if you're right, though? The, the confidence and swagger of it. Like, yeah. You're just so, un, so confident in yourself, and you're so secure that you don't care. You've you, you got that much ego, you know what I mean? And it's almost that energy, too. That's what it's about. Not even, like, the first take always, but, like, that night. Like, going back, like, days later to re-record the song, you're not going to have that that same, that energy, that, you know what I mean? Exactly. So, well, what, say, what, if you're, what if you're right? What if you're right? Like, what if the scrutiny is needed? You know what I'm saying? Like, I've had I've had songs that were done. Like, the song was done. But it was like, you know, for lack of a better term, it was itching my crawl. I was like, nah, something is, well, that's something different. is there. That's, that's yeah, different. Just, that's different. Yeah. Because you're right. Yeah, like, okay. you always trust your instincts. So if your instincts is like, you know what? It's missing another voice on the hook. Or it's missing an intro that is whatever. Or it's missing... An outro or whatever, or like, maybe you just didn't bring it that night. Like I, I want feeling. I didn't not feeling that energy I brought that night. Like it wasn't, you know, yeah. I didn't wasn't my best verse. Sometimes, yeah, sometimes re-record, but generally, usually the first night. You know what I mean? I think I think um to, to wrap up what I was saying real quick before I let Alaska to get get his shit is just like the the approach for me has changed how to start and finish projects was like in the past it was you know, have that initial burst, be all excited and then hit that middle tier and then be like super insecure and like self-sabotaging and being annoyed, being an- annoyed <laughs> and then like having all them expectations and thinking about how it's going to hit. And, and then like literally walking away from it and then months or literally years go by and then picking it back up while I did other things or mm. just make, just, just like make shit just randomly make shit and then piece it together and like oh all these songs kind of fit and then that becomes a project on its own like in a very organic way or more recently with like 96 mentality um trying to think what else i just did like that where i was like yo uh, even the new curriculum album um we have a tentative working title called never at peace for the second album it was like me being like i have an idea i want to start with this idea of a of an album so like 96 mentality to me was like the same way currency had like pilot talk there's like pilot talk one there's pilot talk two pilot talk three west side gun has you know hitler wears hermes one two three four five i was like what if i did like a series there'd be 96 mentality 97 mentality 98 mentality so when i put it in that frame of mind being like oh this this is just like one of a bunch of these joints i'll just make some stuff cool and then when we did the Career Crooks album, I was like, okay, this is our second album. Who who made second albums that I thought were like just really interesting that don't get a lot of hype? And I thought of P-Rock and CL, the main ingredient. And then I thought of J, volume one. So I was like, okay, if I when I hear these joints, if I approach them and think about like CL or J, what would, how would they approach this? So then I started thinking of an album like that. So it kind of gives like a guide to navigate rather than just like being aimlessly doing shit. You know what I mean? Like kind of right. lost. So those like little mental tricks to be like, hey, it's not a big deal. I'm, I'm either doing, I'm going to do a bunch of these or I'm going to approach it and think about like, what would CL do? What would Jay in 97, 98 do? What would he do on this joint? And just have fun with it. You know what I mean? So that's my, my, that's my little tip. I think it changes too. Like, um, changes depending on your age and that point in your career and even just like different times in hip-hop right where like a lot of the guys back in the day they were just trying to do enough songs for a cd and then like the double cd came along they're trying to do enough songs for the double cd and then you know what i mean but like Mm -hmm. i mean i remember when we were when i was in my early 20s and i was doing stuff with my with my homies or whatever we would record like every day like we just like it wasn't even really there was no plan (laughs) there was no plan of like when like when we're doing an album or not it was just like every single day just recording like hanging out smoking weed and just recording like they'd record on everything everything i made you know like every beat so it was like one of those things i got a couple years after a couple years of recording just saying like all right let's just go through and just pick like 
all the, all the songs we like and just get them mixed and put it out. But that was, you know, you're young and you got that energy of just like, you're more doing it, just hanging out and recording. You know what I mean? It's got that young energy. Whereas now I'm almost 40 and it's like, I've got more like, you know, preciseness of like this is the execution this is the vision that i want to do you know what i mean so you kind of you grow up over time and i mean i took a long break in between doing albums and doing mixtapes for the longest time i I spent about a decade not doing albums i was just doing mixtapes as a dj right and you see you get into that theme mode of like the mixtape needs a theme to tie it together otherwise it's just you know volume this you know what i mean by such and such i i I never wanted to be one of those volume guys you know what i mean Mm. like so i tried to tried to have this crazy concepts and themes you know what i mean oh yeah we about to say alaska um i I don't remember what i was going to say at that point but i think you know going back into to what wiz was just saying about how your process changes as you get older. Uh, I found like, you know, when I first started, we would just like go in with verses, like even before we had a beat, it was like verses were Mm. written. They weren't written to any beats. We would just go in there and kick our verses, you know, come up with a hook on the spot. Everybody would drop like a 39 bar verse. (laughs) And that would be a seven minute song. (laughs) And that was like, it would take us two weeks to record it because we only had a four track. Anytime anybody fucked up, they had to start over again. Oh, yes. um, oh God. And then, the you know, eventually I started, especially once I got done with Hanger, I started doing projects where I would get all of the beats first. I would figure out the order for the beats, and then I would write start to end. You know what I mean? Like, oh. it's just like basically first song, writing all the way to the end. I kind of knew the topics I wanted to hit. Um, and then after that, I took a long break from actually even making music at all. Uh, and then when I came back, I got to the point where, you know, I had a kid, I had a full-time job now and I didn't have a lot of time. So I had to maximize my time. So I essentially just write every single day. Now I write to and from work on the train. So I get a good hour of writing in every day. If I get like, you know, eight good bars in every two days, I'm pretty much golden, but I have a slew, like I have basically like, I call it a crib sheet where it's just like, Everything that doesn't make it into a song sits in there, and I'll often use that to kickstart the next song. You know, I'll find like one or two lines that I like, use that to kickstart the next song, and that's how the process just keeps going. Like when we make an album now, I don't go into it with any idea of what I want to make. It just ends up being what the time allows and when it feels good. Like I'll make six songs that I know I'm going to scrap if it means that I can get a verse out of each of those songs to make two songs. You know what I mean? Like right now it's just about the process of creating and then whatever that creation becomes afterwards can be managed. Like, I don't really have a vision when I go into something of, you know, I want to make this as a political album or this is like, you know, my statement album, or this is my flexing album. It's like, it's just what it's a capsule of my time right now and where I am as a thinker. So that's sort of like where the process is going for me. Um, My process has you know changed drastically because I used to be in groups so when I started this rap shit I was in a group so um you know finishing an album was like you know coordinating you were responsible pretty much for a verse a song um you might do a hook you might not I was a um I was a quick finisher so I when back in the days when I used to work on records I was done within the first two months of us working on a record I did all my verses I had them all written I would record them all and I'd usually just be sitting back waiting for everybody else to finish um, when I when I turned into my solo career, I had to um, generate more of my imagination. Like, oh shit, I got to do a whole song. Like, damn. Like, why do I gotta? Yeah. Hello. Okay, cool. Now my headphone jack popped out a little bit. All right, I thought I lost y'all. You're going in and out, Alaska. Like you're trying to like, la, 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 like stuttering. Am I? Yeah. Yeah, it's good. Right, how about now? Is that better? Uh, still, yeah, on, on my end, it just sounds like 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 choppy. I don't know if it's just my my phone or whatever. It's choppy on my end. Like I can hear everybody. Yeah, like but that it's thing just that like... was happening with the, um dibs. Remember with that thing that was happening with dibs was happening to you.
Yeah, I got. What's it going, people? This is Curly Castro here. Just reminding y'all that my album, Tosh, is still available. You can find it at a number of places, mainly backwithstudios.com, wreckingcrew.bandcamp.com. And if you just see me in the street, you know, holla at the kid. Alright? Thank y'all for all y'all support. One. Uh, unfortunately, due to the technical difficulties we suffered, we lost the last portion of this podcast. The volumes were all askew and uh, the files were all compromised. So we're going to end the podcast here. Uh, we thought it was a good conversation. We hope you enjoyed it. And we'll see you next week on Call Out Culture. Peace. Peace.